This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer on a Wendy's Wednesday here on The Fan. Time for Milwaukee Sports Timeout, live from the Wendy's studios. Go get your peppermint frosty today again limited time only go get your peppermint frosty right now joining us now dusty evely packers writer for cheese tv packer report and part of the pack a day podcast i mean it's got a lot of time on his hands now is amari rogers as the green bay packers release him and running back kylan hill on tuesday i was shocked I was concerned they were going to put him back on punt returns. Never in my wildest dreams that I think they would cut the third-round pick of Mari Rogers, Dusty Evely. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, it's tough to parse what they, you know, the, the, the coach speak and language. They said all the right things. You know, we're, we're thinking about it. LaFleur is talking about how he's sleeping on the decision, all that stuff. I, I assumed at the very least that he was going to not be on punt return. I, mean, I kind of assumed that all year. And so I guess I should not have assumed that he's not going to be off of there. But, yeah, I mean, they've, they've given him a bit of an expanded role in the offense, and I think he's done some pretty good work there. So I'm, I guess I'm not shocked that they cut him. Uh, maybe it was <laughs> – they used to do this thing. Uh, I think Ted Thompson used to do a thing where if a player wasn't playing well but, but uh, McCarthy kept playing him, they would just cut him. So it, it kind of took away the option. I don't think that's what Gutekunst did, but part of me is wondering, I wonder if they were just like, we're not going to give you the option to play us, we'll cut him. But it's not shocking, but but it's certainly surprising. What about third-round picks for the Packers? Zach Jacobson put this out. Uh, Ryan Wood put out a partial list, too. Sean Ryan, Amari Rogers, Josiah DeGuara, Jay uh, Sternberger, Oren Burks, Montrevious Adams, Kyler Fackrell, Ty Montgomery, Kyrie Thornton, Richard Rogers, Alex Green. Oh, my God, just trade your third-round picks going forward. Yeah, there's like two useful players in there. I'm high on DeGuara, and so I'm hoping he's going to – he'll break the curse. He's shown some good things, even if production hasn't been there. But, yeah, man, you, you, you line him out like that as long as that goes back, and there's two useful players in there. Obviously, we don't know Sean Ryan yet, but, yeah, man, I've, I've been I've been in favor of that the entire time. Was it going to take a second to get Chase Claypool and maybe need to throw something else? Throw four third-round picks at it. Who cares? Who cares? They're not going to do anything with him anyway. We've talked about this, I think, in the past. I, I I think we had this conversation. Do you think the Packers and other NFL teams overvalue draft picks? Obviously, the Rams aren't one of those teams, and I think they're ahead of the curve. But I feel like in the NFL, they treat early picks like gold uh, and are scared to move on from them. And regardless if you're a draft or develop a team or not, if you have a chance for a proven player that has a track record versus a college player that is a big question mark, no matter how good you may think he is, uh, to me, it seems like the better idea to go for the proven player. 
Yeah, I mean, there's always a bunch of stuff that goes into that. I mean, there's rookie contracts and all that stuff and what you can afford versus how long you've got them under control. I mean, that was the big thing with the Eagles, right? I mean, you trade for a guy like A.J. Brown, and if you, if you can trade for a guy like A.J. Brown, you do it, but he's not going to be under rookie contract. I mean, it is kind of what's what's the old family guy joke? The, um, you know, a boat is a boat, but what's in the surprise box could be anything, could even be a boat. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how draft picks are sometimes, it feels like, where it's very much this uh, – yeah, I mean, you, like you said, proven player, and I get all that. I, I, I do think there's, I don't know about overvalue. I think there are times when, when you take the draft pick. I'm certainly more of a draft guy, uh, just because you do have, you've got a guy under cost control for like four years, and if he hits, you're, you're getting him kind of coming into his prime, and you pay him later. But the way you structure contracts and all that stuff, it doesn't always make sense to go after the proven player. But yeah, if you, if you can get a proven player versus not a proven player. Um, you always go with the proven player, but of course money kind of factors into that as well. Go back to the 2021 draft. Andy Herman put this on Twitter as well. Stokes uh, and hasn't played all that well this year. Now he's on the IR. Myers at center is fine, but Andy doesn't think he's taking a step forward. Mari Rogers cut. Newman has been horrible on the offensive line and got benched. TJ Slayton is the same as he was uh, maybe as he was last year. Uh, Van Landen traded. McDuffie, solid backup linebacker. Let the team in tackles this last game. Uh, and then Kyle mm-hmm. Hill uh, cut at this I mean, that draft class, not all that great, to be honest with you. No, I mean, honestly, and Stokes, I think I, I don't know if I talked about it here or, or somewhere else to my wall, perhaps. I don't remember. Um, it was uh, the idea that per, of progression not being linear. And that, I think that's part of what we get caught up on with Stokes. It's hard to – any position from, from uh, college to the pros is a tough transition. And, and the cornerback traditionally is one of, the, one of the ones that takes longer. So for him to be a first-year player, put on tape what he put on tape, the assumption being that he was going to get better in year two, it doesn't necessarily work like that. I still am high on him. I think she has shown enough that he's going to be good. And if you have a you know top 10 potential cornerback that you got with your first-round pick, I mean, I, I think that covers up a lot of holes. Um, the hill cut is, is shocking to me. Uh, Myers I like. I think I'm higher on Slayton probably than Andy is. Um, that's, I, I cheered for the Gators as a kid, so maybe I'm carrying some bias in there uh, with me as well. But, yeah, it's not – if you look at it overall, it's it's not great. Uh, I also – some of these times I like to kind of stack up against other draft draft classes at the same time. But no one's nailing the draft year in, year out. I mean, you get these, like, unicorn drafts where everyone hits. Like, that's not, that's not reality, really. If you're getting two or three useful guys down and down out players, like, that's a win right there. It's just, it's just the, the guys they had uh, – you, you kind of hope Newman was going to be, like, the guy and, and – uh, he clearly is not. So yeah, it's not it's not a great look right now for that draft class. Overall, Brian Gutekunst, I think, was given a lot of credit originally about being a guy that uh, knew what he was doing in the draft and would continue on uh, what Ted Thompson uh, was doing. Looking at it now, is he good at the draft? Can we still say that? I think he is. I, I, I tend to think he is. Now, his approach doesn't match the way I would go. And I, we've talked about this before, this, this idea of kind of having one foot in both worlds where – keeping your all-world quarterback and trying to make him happy, doing whatever you tend to tend to bring him back, getting two first-round draft picks, and then going, all right, we're going to take a defensive tackle and an off-ball linebacker. Two non-value like value positions for the first round, if you look at that traditionally, what they can give you. So it's kind of this weird the approach in a vacuum I understand, even if I don't necessarily love the players. Uh, I would never draft an inside linebacker in the first round unless it's like generational talent, um, even though I like Quay Walker. But it, it is this I, I do feel like he's kind of had a foot in both worlds over the past couple years, trying to stay in the draft and develop world while also competing now. 
and that's just a, that's a tough way to live. Um, and so that's that's you know that comes down, I think, somewhat as an indictment on him if that's the way they're operating. But I still I don't know that I I don't know that I mind him as a drafter. I you, they've got a plan. They've got things like to go after. Like I I understand it even if the results aren't always there. Like I like part of me likes the level-headed approach of going in with an idea and sticking to it. And the other part is sometimes like, man, sometimes you got to pivot a little bit. So that's, I, I know there have been moves that they tried to make. They try to get up for Justin Jefferson. They try to get IU, like all these little things they try to do that didn't end up happening. Uh, but they're still like, I, I don't know. Sometimes they stick a little bit too much to their guns uh, for my liking, but I still, I, I think he does a good job overall. Talking with Dusty Evely, uh, as we do each and every week, most of the time here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Uh, Dusty, let's talk a little bit about what we saw uh, in that Packer-Cowboy game. I thought the Cowboys were going to whoop them. I was scared for Rodgers' life uh, going into this game, and instead, they ran the game plan uh, that I think most of us have wanted to see most of the year, and two... To their credit, they haven't had a healthy Christian Watson to run it the way they've mm-hmm. wanted to run it. Uh, and now they do, and you can see how much of a difference maker uh, Watson can be when you have a receiver that can take the top off a of defense. Yeah, I mean, that's been the big thing with them. They haven't had speed. I mean, before the season, it was, man, they got Dobbs, who's, who's got some quickness. They got Watson, and then neither of those guys have seen the field. But you think of what they can do with speed and just one of those guys. I mean, Watson, this is the first time we've really seen him fully on these. I think he had uh, 80% of offensive snaps this past week, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had 60 in week one, so it's his highest since, since week one, even eclipse that. What he does, not just, I mean, you know, obviously the passing game and, and the three touchdowns, that's one thing. And being able to see how he pushes the safeties back and kind of opens that stuff up in the middle, that's another. We saw some check downs, some quick check downs underneath because the linebackers were pushed back so deep trying to take away that middle of the field that now A.J. Dillon has 10 yards in front of him as opposed to three yards in front of him. And so you get some of that. He's also just a tremendous blocker on running plays. Like, he still has some work to do on that front, but he did a lot of that NDSU, and that's one of the big things with when you go from college to the pros with, as a wide receiver. You might be a willing blocker. You may have done it in college. A lot of the guys have not. But you may not know what your assignment is. I, just, I went through all of his snaps last night, um, just, just kind of walking through them because I don't know. I have nothing better to do with my time, I guess. And he uh, – <laughs> He does, he like, even if there's a couple where, like, okay, technique maybe there, like, wasn't wasn't perfect. He still, he never looked lost, and he's a willing blocker. And there's a couple of those. He had a um, he had one, I think I posted on Twitter yesterday, that was, like, kind of uh, pinning down the edge on a on a cornerback, uh, or safety maybe, I can't remember who it was, that's, that's like, just, just had him locked up and opened the edge on a sweep for Aaron Jones. Like, that stuff was on tape. Play in, play out in the run. How about getting off the line of scrimmage on that one touchdown where a corner never touched him and he just outran him and the linebacker uh, across the field for the catch? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's one of the other things. One of the issues they've had, and I've said it here before too, is one of the things they've they've had an issue with this year, teams are going single high against them and just pressing up the line. They don't have anyone that can get off press multiple times this game. Now, some of it, the Cowboys were playing off because they were terrified of Christian Watson, which opens things up as well. But when they're at the line trying to press him, he'd make himself skinny. And then within a step and a half, he was past him. And there's nothing they can do about it, which then changes. I mean, that it opens the offense in a way that we haven't seen just because you have a guy that not only can beat you over the top, but can beat you hopefully consistently at the line now. And that just that changes what you can do. That changes how defenses have to play you. And it's made, it made a huge difference. You know, not to put everything on Christian Watson, but his presence in run game and pass game made a huge difference at all levels uh, this past week. So I'm I'm curious to see if they have to go more pass heavy, how that looks. But man, 
I mean, he, he really did change how the offense looked this past week, and that's a huge credit to him and his skill set and the amount of polish that he has as a receiver, as a rookie. What about this offensive line for the Green Bay Packers as far as how they looked in this game? Now they're starting maybe to build a little continuity here back-to-back weeks and, and starting to go in the right direction. Uh, what did you take away from them pass blocking and run blocking? Yeah, they looked good. They had a couple that um, they had a couple of missed shots that they could have had that I know um, some quick pressure given up, kind of a one-on-one loss. And Elton Jenkins was on one of them that was a busted play that they could have had two or in like an 80-yard touchdown if they had like a half a second longer but for the most part i mean the, the the issues they had on the right side of the of the of the line both last year and then this year when they had uh, jenkins and newman over there that was just a whole bunch of if we run a stun at these guys they can't pick it up that stuff's gone like their communication there looks a lot better with the continuity there um their one-on-ones look a little better now they went a little more run heavy clearly in this game which helped because even though this group isn't maulers i think they are better in that regard uh, but, yeah, Rodgers had, I mean, for the first time, and, and Micah Parsons was not really playing too much of a, a pass rusher role. So maybe that was part of it. But you did have, when Rodgers had to drop back and pass, they went super heavy play action this this, uh, this, this game. But when he had to drop back to pass and the first read wasn't there and he had to navigate the pocket, instead of having to bail, he had areas, he had pockets that he could step up into and navigate the pocket to buy time downfield. And that's something we haven't seen consistently this year. So I think those guys being on the field at the same time, that continuity and then just, I mean, Tom growing each and every week. Like some of those guys just growing a little bit. It has made a pretty big difference. Even if some of those holes are still there, it's not the Green Bay offensive line that we have become accustomed to. It's better than what we've seen. And it's been, it's been kind of fun to see that, uh, that growth there. Dusty Evely is the guy. We talk, uh, like I said, each and every week for the most part, and you'll definitely uh, want to check him out. Uh, huge fan following. You should be one of them as well. Follow him on Twitter at Dusty Evely. Writes for Cheesehead TV, Packer Report, and, of course, part of the Pack a Day podcast. Dusty, thanks so much, man, for coming on and joining us on a Wendy's Wednesday. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. You bet you take care. There he is, Dusty Evely, here on 1250 AM. The fan, after Amari Rodgers and Kylan Hill get cut, the Packers beat the Cowboys. Next up, the Tennessee Titans coming up on Thursday night. Don't forget, download Kurt and Long, Ryan Horvath, and myself. We uh, record Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so sometimes we live stream that bad boy uh, on Twitter, but you can always uh, download it then on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. Normally, I have it posted by about 5 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights, and if not then, then sure thing, uh, the very next morning, you can download it that day. Uh, as well. Anywhere you want, right? Spotify, Odyssey, Apple, Google Podcasts, available at all of them. And then, of course, do the Bucks Podcast, Green and Growing with Nathan Marzian, two days a week. Those are available uh, to be downloaded Wednesday and Friday mornings, first thing when you wake up. Enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget, the 16th Annual Fan Toy Drive comes up starting Monday, November 28th uh, at uh, Blaine's Farm and Fleet in Oak Creek. Want to stop by, drop off a toy. I'll be down there 6A to 6P all that week starting Monday, November 28th for Children's Wisconsin and Robinson. Have a good one. Toodle. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.